0: Attention bourbon lovers, are you ready for a taste sensation like no other? Old Raleigh Distillery, recently awarded Best Micro Distillery in the U.S., invites you to experience the art of whiskey blending firsthand. Located just east of Raleigh in downtown Zebulon, the distillery specializes in premium, micro batch bourbon, and limited release whiskeys. Visit the tasting room Tuesday through Sunday to savor a wide variety of whiskeys, specialty cocktails, wine, and beer. And don't miss a chance to peek behind the curtain with a tour of the blending operation every Saturday and Sunday at 1 and 2 p.m. For more information and to plan your visit, visit OldRaleighDistillery.com. Follow on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Old Raleigh Distillery for exclusive updates and behind-the-scenes content. Old Raleigh Distillery, where every sip tells a story. Well, we subscribe to almost every one of these city magazines, the true Atlanta magazine, Chicago magazine, Boston. We use them as inspiration sometimes, or, you know, we just want to see what's happening in other cities, because it is a way to keep in in mind, because we're compared to a lot of these cities. You're listening to Office Talk with Raleigh Magazine. I'm your host, Gina Stevens. You may know Raleigh Magazine, but what you may not know is how we get our stories. It's all inside baseball. You'd be surprised what people will tell us. RMO is telling stories no one else is telling. So this podcast is where you get the inside access to stories you won't read anywhere else. So let's dive into some of Raleigh Magazine's biggest stories. We say it all the time, people are constantly asking us where to eat, where to drink, what's coming next. That inspired one of the most fun stories I think we've done in Raleigh Magazine in the last year. When we were trying to predict what 2024 might look like and what might be new in the city on the food scene, and we decided to tap a handful of top city magazine editors to forecast what they were seeing in their cities and maybe for us to see if it's moving this way. With me today to speculate on what might be the next big thing, Editor-in-Chief Melissa Hausam.
1: This was such a fun idea. Um, I, I worked on the story. I have to shout out to you. Like we kind of came to this story together, and um, it was so fun to collaborate with these six city editors and put this together. I mean, these people absolutely have their fingers on the pulse of what's what's hot in their communities and what's coming. And it was so fun to see, not only because it's relevant here, like what's already relevant here, what may be coming here. It was. Well, I hope this comes out right, but. For a long time,
0: there were people locally that we could reach out to and ask their opinion on what's coming, what Mm -hmm. they think is big. And I think we've been doing this long enough now that we now have people reaching out to us, asking us. So it felt weird to reach out locally. And so we do. I mean, I love City Magazines. It's what inspired me to want to own Raleigh Magazine was that I've, I've lived in great cities that had great magazines um, that always make you feel like, you know, you're an insider. They They are so clued in. They're so smart about what's next, mm-hmm. what's hip, what's in, what's not. It felt like a great way for us to just naturally collaborate with them.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, like you just said, it's not uncommon for publications to project trends for the mm-hmm. upcoming year. It's also not uncommon for them to tap – they're food writers or pundits or whatever. But we had literally just sent the November issue to the printer. It was that day. We don't often talk about the next issue on that day because it's really quite literally the only thing we don't want to talk about. Right. We're exhausted. <laughs> we were sitting there and it was me, you and Liz and Lauren and Anna Beth are like in the office right next to it. And I was like, somehow this came up and I was like, let's just kind of talk about this for a second. And, you know, I don't want to just ask the food writers. Eater famously does that. And, you know, they're they're local to us, too. So that's kind of like dipping our toes in the same pool. And we started talking about, like, we're always looking at these other city magazines. And then all of a sudden, now know nowhere, Gina's like—because, you know, I was sort of going down the research path of, like, oh, I wonder if I can kind of research what's going on in these cities. And Gina was like, why don't you just ask them? And I was like, oh, well, duh. Well— Genius, well, though, and and, and
0: two <laughs> thoughts come to mind. One, I had just um, we had just launched Give Raleigh, and we were in the midst of that and, and coming to. And I had picked up the phone and called Atlanta Magazine's publisher, Sean. I, we've not known each other personally, but we've crossed paths before. And he, it's funny, people joke about me putting my email and my phone number in the magazine. His phone number is in the magazine. I dialed it; it's his cell phone. He answers. I love that. And and I tell him that we're you know we're launching something similar to what they do, different but some And he was so gracious and sat and we chatted. He told me all the things that went wrong the first year, all the things that he recommended that we try to do differently. And that kind of warmth and friendliness. And I thought if somebody did that to us. I mean, you're good about answering emails. I think that was your concern,
1: was that you thought, will they respond? That was—I couldn't wait to say this to you on air, because I know we've already talked about it, but this is—people have heard it on the podcast. It's an ongoing joke between us about emails. And so I sent my emails to these editors at 4.30 on a Friday— And I cannot make this up that almost all of them responded by 6 p.m. that night or 7 p.m. And I ended up—I was so excited that they were responding and excited to talk to them. I ended up just, like, responding right back. So we're all—I guess a bunch of nerds. A bunch of nerdy editors. I know, a bunch of editors emailing back and forth on a Friday night. But And it was really just to get the conversation started. It wasn't like, you know, we weren't working, working. But um, they were all like, oh, you know, tell me more about what you want to do. I'm absolutely in. And that was so cool. And the other cool thing was two of them— Responded immediately and said something about Raleigh. So the Dallas editor was talking about how he was jealous of this historic hot chocolate recipe at Asazu. Yes. And um, then he went on to say that he had a friend, I think, in Carrie and um, his parents maybe relocating to the Triangle. He just loves Raleigh, and he mentioned some places he'd visited here. And then um, I believe it was the Chicago editor has a newsletter um, that she had just mentioned. She goes, I guess you can't guess what mac and cheese I just wrote about today, actually, and how strange that you oh, emailed wow. me today. And she was like, I just wrote about Raleigh. So it was really cool. Yeah. And so two of the cities were Chicago and D.C., which were both cities that I Mm -hmm. uh, had lived in briefly. And so that was also fun for me to, like, talk to them about and be familiar with their cities. But in Atlanta, you know, my family's there. You've lived there. Anyway, the the cities were those. So Dallas, Atlanta, Boston, Austin, Chicago, and D.C. And Lauren spent a lot of time in Austin and really loves it. I actually am a huge fan of Austin Monthly. Um, even not living there, I really enjoy reading that content. All these magazines, actually, yeah. but we've talked about the Well, we subscribe
0: to almost every one of these city mm-hmm. magazines. The True, Atlanta Magazine, Chicago Magazine, Boston, Austin, I mean, Atlanta. And the Washingtonian. Um, exactly. Yeah. And so for us, it, you know, it, we use them as inspiration sometimes or, you know, we just want to see what's happening in other cities because it is a way to keep in, in mind because we're compared to a lot of these cities, um, I think.
1: Yeah, I think the the way that we kind of frame it is like a lot—sometimes things will happen in, you know, New York or D.C. or Chicago before it'll happen here, whether that's a fashion trend or a food trend. I think that is the rub with this one is, where does Raleigh stand? We have been um, very prescient in a lot of our coverage, and, you know, we've covered things even before some—I think the very first one that happened was actually in 2022—well, I shouldn't say the first one, but the the first one that we talked about it happening— where we did that huge plant feature. Mm -hmm. Because we noticed that plants were like everybody's babies all of a sudden. And it was six months later that some of these other publications nationally or in big cities followed. And we started to see ourselves being either in time with them – or in front of them, or just behind, depending on the trend. And um, there's been several issues recently, because, of course, now I also follow all these editors on Instagram. When they dropped their December issues, it was fun to see how many things were simultaneously yeah. happening in both Great areas. minds think alike. Yeah. So it's super cool. Um, but one of the things that they they said that, um, that stood out to me because it was in our November issue was the dramatic bathrooms. Yes. That was really cool to see. Um, that was one of our—well, that was, well, it made it as a cover line, mm-hmm. the—what was it? The Lovely, lovely Lose. Little, mm-hmm. And <laughs> I got so many—I didn't tell you, I got so many emails the day that newsletter went out. Also, segue, side note, somebody just said to me something about, oh, I was reading um, your dish on this newsletter—this is over Thanksgiving— and I was reading about this bartender, and I really enjoyed it, and I can't remember what they said, and I was like, well, you— you know that every newsletter has exclusive web content and they were like what and i was like yeah it's it we do at least a bare minimum of, of 3 sometimes as many as 8 exclusive web stories every week and that's what the newsletter is and then it's know, on half, the website right and then and they're all on the website and then half of the newsletter are also stories from the print magazine because that's how some people prefer to receive their oh, yeah. stories and I, Honestly, the shock was they were. Oh, I should read all the newsletters. I didn't realize it was original content. You should put that on there, and I'm like, it is. is it? It's clear. It is right. Mm-hmm. So anyway, if you didn't know, here's yeah. your PSA that the newsletter is. You're like not its own. doubling
0: up. The newsletter is different. There's a, there's a sometimes one or two stories throughout the month that's you know repeat from the magazine. Yeah, but it most of it is new content.
1: Yeah, I described it as three little mini magazines each week. They're Tuesday, <laughs> Thursday, and Friday. They're original content. Yeah. There are some print stories. There's there's tidbits. Um, there's exclusives. I mean, yeah. we've had some major breaks. Figulina broke in the newsletter. Yes. So anyway, that was my segue, side note. But um, a lot of people read the bathrooms one in the newsletter. I got so many emails about that. That was a lot of fun. Um, but another big thing was the service fees, which I know. Oh, Yeah. I mean
0: it's a it's a big talker. I mean it really is and and I think we are just starting to see it where other cities across the country have really already it's already in full force.
1: I forgot to tell you this too. I had a service fee for I got a manicure for our cocktail classic. I got a service fee for using my credit card. Oh yeah, they've all done it. Mine do too.
0: And I don't, I've learned to take cash again. And I had somebody the other day. I pulled cash out to pay for something. They go, "We don't take cash." I said, "Then don't charge me a service fee for
1: my card." Yeah, and uh, that receipt. I was. We, I just talked to you about. We did uh, a couple of interviews at a coffee shop and two coffees. After all the fees ended up being and the tip ended up being twenty dollars. There were four separate fees. I'm gonna have to give you that receipt, like just to show you. It's, it's confusing. It, it
0: it's confusing. It, it,
1: yeah. And it wasn't just, and I don't mean like an upcharge for syrup. I mean, there, I can't no. remember what they said, but one said service fee, one said credit card fee, and there were two other fees, and then a sales tax.
0: Yeah, it's, it's a talker. I mean, it is really a debated issue about the idea of a credit card fee to cover the cost of doing business.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, we accept credit cards. And we don't char- for for people advertisers who pay for subscribers, and we don't charge a credit card. I mean, it, it, people got to do what they want to do, but I'm I've gotten more keenly aware of it as I spend money. Going, I'm going to take cash again a little bit. Yeah, exactly. And Melissa doesn't take a debit
1: card, by the way. So. I know we're still going to do an episode on that. We still have to fix that. Um, a couple other ones. I you absolutely have to grab the issue to see the spread. There's pictures and there and all their trends are in there. But uh, they mentioned tin fish, which we have in this issue, so that was interesting. Yes. And then this is a big talker, um, whether it's non alcoholic drinks or sober curious. We obviously just had a non alcoholic bar open here, and Austin has one, which was the first in the country. Yeah. So they mentioned that. And then, but I think the biggest thing overall that was just the overwhelming trend of all of it is um, just the, the, the vibe, whether you're talking yes. about, uh, you know, fine dining becoming more accessible, not necessarily. It's not getting cheaper. Right. It's getting more casual and
0: comfortable. It's still fine di- to right. It it's like, which seems like a weird way to put it. I know. It is it, I think more the, comfortable.
1: Yeah. I think the way that they put it is like it, you might still pay a hundred bucks for an elegant dinner, but it like the vibe is more casual. You might feel more like you're in the chef's home. She didn't right. say that. I liked that. And everything is just a vibe, whether you're talking about Instagram worthy cocktails, whether you're talking about lighting things on fire. Whether you're talking about punny names, they mentioned that. Whether you're talking about experiential restaurants, which is something we've kicked around doing, we don't have one here, but they're popping up in other places. Like, you know, that thing in Vegas where it's like the arm goes off the side of the building? Like, yes. they're starting to do restaurants like that. Yes. Like up in the air with nothing under it. Um, I just saw one. I don't know what city it was on, but I was watching reality TV and they were in a glass restaurant. And when you look down at their feet, there was nothing under them and they were in a skyscraper. Yeah, exactly. The producer's saying no. The thought of it makes me feel a little nauseous, but it, it looked cool. I love what Dallas said about retro
0: classics. One of the hottest restaurants serves um, Lamb Wellington, Lobster Thermidor. That there, It's like partying in 1965, so all the classics yeah. are coming back, you know. Things always come around. It's always cyclical, exactly. But I just thought that was really interesting.
1: We've done so much coverage on all the different retro aspects, mm-hmm. um, you know, whether it's in fashion or food or liquor. Yeah, and so I think that's really cool to see that. They, and he said '65. I think the '90s too. Well, I don't. I don't know. I think of Tom Collins, the cocktail
0: that, and so we that was served. That's one of mm-hmm. the classic drinks we had at the Cocktail Classic. And I don't, I don't know that I go into restaurants very often and you see a Tom Collins on the menu. That sounds like something my parents would have drank.
1: You know what? That's actually a really good point because the cocktail classic is sort of right in this niche because mm-hmm. you're taking these really historic cocktails and you're breathing new life into them. But for the most part, they weren't completely changed, you know? Well, I haven't even told you this or anybody. We are in the process of talking
0: with Niall Hanley, who owns mm-hmm. Hibernian, and— Um, Annie Betty's and I mean the list is so long of places Morgan Street Food Hall about using their space at botanicals and creating events but small events for like 100 125 people that are either tastings or experiential dining love that but three quarters of the ticket price goes to a charity Niles lost his mother to ALS, which oh. is something dear to your family mm-hmm. and mine. And so we're looking at kicking something off in February and doing. So it's not one of those things where you're gonna watch a video and hear how awful the disease is. You're gonna come, you're gonna drink maybe Tiki cocktails and it's a tiki theme or it is bourbon or it's, you know, it's some themed event that's just fun and an experience, but you know your money that. supports something.
1: Yeah, I think people really like to go out and do something like it give a justification to go out and you, and you feel good. Yes. you know, instead mm-hmm. of just if Absolutely. you're going to go have a drink then. But this this has to be by far one of my favorite stories I've ever worked on to get to collaborate with some of the greatest minds in the country, you know, when yeah. it comes to editorial and talk about what's going on in their city and and see how that's reflected in ours and also just like what we're focused on and and they're just so they were so generous with their time, they were kind. You know, I mean, everything. Yeah, it's just I think super we, we cool. obviously should send them magazines and a
0: little Raleigh mag bag and, and be in touch. Be nice. As we travel, we should drop in and see them. Oh, absolutely. And hopefully when they're here, do the same thing. We all love to travel. We all love what's happening. You know, one of the other things is in this issue, um, and I loved, you know, I kind of feel like uh, Miracle and G. Patel and Josh are responsible for the sort of the burst of... Christmas holiday bars coming on the on the rise here in Raleigh. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah. so I think it was, I think he told me it says their sixth year. So if you're not familiar with Miracle, it was basically a concept. They chose six cities across the country, partnered up with a cocktail bar, and it launched the day after Thanksgiving, and it goes till the day after New Year's, I think. But it's fully decorated. The cocktails are in these fun cups. I mean, the first yeah. year, everyone— <laughs> First year Josh said they didn't have they didn't even put any thought into the fact that people were going to steal the glasses. They were walking out of there cuz okay. they were so cute and they were so cool. Um now you can buy the cup and they keep your credit card just to make sure you don't steal the cup. Yeah, there was like a dinosaur last yeah. year. Well, yeah. I had that one already this year. You That's did? got a gin cocktail in it. I was there oh. the day they opened. Um but it looks fantastic. Christmas music, I'm telling you. So It's like Santa exploded in there. Uh, Santa (laughs) exploded. It just, there's no way to go in there and not feel like the holidays have kicked off. Right. Um, It'll get you in the spirit. But pro tip here, they usually open at 5 o'clock till 2 a.m. This year, they open at 4 p.m. Uh-oh. So for those who want to get there first, I was in line first. Um, First person in line at 3.30, got in. They all laughed at me, but I'm like, you know what?
1: It's popular. I know. They probably would have let you cut the line then. I know, but I
0: was not <laughs> going to play that card. The line was to the street by the time they opened at 4 o'clock on the first day.
1: Yeah. There's there's a few. that I mean, Miracle has really set the bar high, and there's a few in town. Why yep. Hill added one this Y-Hill year. that Hill added that's one. It's got a tiki theme. That's yes. pretty cool. Um, we're going to check that out at some point. And then what we also did, though, for people who are traveling, and even if you're not going to do it this year, you can kind of save it as a bucket list for next yes. year, are some other Uh, big holiday bars in other cities like Boston, New York. New York.
0: I was traveling with my girlfriends um, in New York last year, the first weekend in December, and they—I drink more than they do. They shop more than I do. So (laughs) we walked out of a store on Fifth Avenue. I'm like, I need a drink. And I just turn around, and there is—it looks like Christmas come to life. And I was like, that's where we're going to drink. I walk in, and they go, do you have a reservation? I'm like, no. They go, it it filled up a year ago. I'm like, okay— can I just go to the bar and take a photo? Well, we walked to the bar, we hovered and we hovered and we hovered. Three people got up and left, and we got three seats.
1: Nice. It was awesome, that.
0: and of course we didn't want to leave because it was just so fun. Yeah. But it it did inspire us to look at different cities up and down the East Coast mm-hmm. that have these Christmas bars. So if you're traveling with your family, who knows? it's kind of a fun
1: adulting getaway. I know I, they are. I mean, it's kind of worth going to all of them just to see it. Oh yeah, you know, and they're one of them here is family friendly actually. Um, is St. Nick's, and that is family friendly up until a certain time. Um, you're going to check the website to be sure. Don't fact or yeah, don't show up with your kids this. in
0: your stroller without checking. Cause. Right.
1: But I think, well, and I don't even know if there's like an, a when I say family, I'm not sure that it's like little littles, but I know several of my friends took some of their teenagers last okay. year or people I knew, and they you can do it up until 7 p.m. I want to say is what it was, and they were like, they were like set it up for their kid and like their little boyfriend or girlfriend, oh, okay. they would go get all the little Instagram the, pictures yeah. and they had mocktails. Mocktails. But after a certain time, whatever it is, six or seven, it's, you know, obviously yeah. 21 and up. And But yeah, th- I don't think a lot of people knew that there was a family option. And I have not confirmed that they're doing that again this year. So look it yeah. up for
0: you. But it's great. It's a lot of fun. And it's a, neat, it's a neat way to have, you know, a little drink out and get in the Christmas spirit, holiday yeah. spirit.
1: So. And before we let you go, make sure you vote for Best Bars while we're yes. talking about bars.
0: Best bars, um, voting is still open until December 15th. um, And you can vote for your best wine bar, cocktail bar, game day food, but definitely vote for your best overall bar um, and best bartender. bartender. It's big and yeah, check it out. Cheers. Cheers. This has been Office Talk with Raleigh Magazine. I hope after hanging out with us, you feel more like a Raleigh Insider. You can find copies of our magazine around town or subscribe for $10 for 10 issues. We'd love it if you gave this podcast a rating and review and share it with your friends. This podcast was edited and produced by Earfluence. I'm Gina Stevens. We'll see you again soon. Want more of Raleigh Magazine in between issues? visit RaleighMag.com and subscribe to our newsletters. They come out Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday. Five-minute read keeps you up to date. And especially on Friday, dish on this. Where to eat, where to drink, what to do this weekend. Subscribe for free at RaleighMag.com.